0: Good morning City Light. How are you guys? Awesome. So good to see you all. Man, it's like a rainy day and yet you are here. This is incredible. I love what God is doing in our church. Uh, Am I on? Am I rolling? Okay, cool. It sounds so crisp and clean, I can't even hear myself coming through. I love it. So my name is Doug, and I get to be one of the pastors for our church. That means I get the amazing privilege of hearing story after story of what God is doing in our church. I get this up close and personal view of real life change that's happening in you guys and other people in our church. I get to see people come to Christ and then get baptized. I get to see people take that step of faith and show up to someone's house and actually connect to a city group. I get to see people make changes in their lives so that they can give more time to build relationships with the poor, give more money away, find ways to love their neighbors as they love themselves. I mean, God is working in our church to make us more like Jesus, and I love the view. It is amazing. Perhaps the people that I get to watch most closely are my children, and one of my favorite roles in life is that of being a dad. Now, dad is a really simple word. Anyone can say dad. Anyone can spell dad. It's just three short letters, but there's a lot of love packed into that one word, dad. God has given my wife and I five children, okay? We have three girls and two boys, and all of them are radically different. You got Cademan, my oldest. He's focused, but he's also fun. And then you got Gabby, who's just a bundle of like energy and smiles and hugs. Shiloh is really sweet and smart. And then Talitha, our youngest of the daughters, she loves to snuggle, and she loves to play with her baby brother, Josiah. He's the youngest, nine months old, and Josiah's like our birth control because he wants to be held all the time. He never sleeps at night, and so my wife and I talk about and we're like, you know, five is a lot. Like, that's, that's a whole lot, especially when my wife sleeps never. Those are my children, and honestly, I love them more than my heart can contain. Like, I would do anything for any of them. There's something special about the love of a father. In fact, I daydream about being Liam Neeson, right? Like, you know who Liam Neeson is. He's the dad character in that movie Taken. Like, his daughter gets kidnapped, and Liam Neeson goes ballistic, right? He tracks down those kidnappers. He, like, calls and threatens them on the phone, kills, like, 30 or 40 of them, and he does whatever it takes to get his daughter back. There's like these memes all over the internet of Liam Neeson, and I daydream about my face being in one of those memes, right? So let's just have confession time here, okay? Let's be honest. Men in the room, have you ever had similar daydreams? right? Like you've actually daydreamed about the particular way you would kill somebody if they ever messed with one of your children. You've actually daydreamed about which jujitsu move you would use to drop that dude on the floor. You've daydreamed about like using your most threatening voice to bring that guy to tears on his knees and begging for mercy. Right Now, I don't know any jujitsu moves, and my threatening voice actually sounds pretty nice. But if necessary and if provoked, I think I could say something or do something to protect my children. There's something about the love of a father. And actually, you don't even have to already have children to know this love. I've discovered over the years that young single men who have yet to have kids, most of those guys have not thought yet about what colors they want in their wedding. They haven't like, planned ahead what they're going to say in their vows or how they want the master bedroom decorated if they ever get married. But a lot of young men, chances are they have thought about what they want to name their firstborn son. It's like in a guy, this longing to be a dad, and guys think about that sort of stuff. I would dare say that every man in this room longs to be a great dad or become a better dad, loving his kids in powerful ways. And every man and woman in this room longs for the love of a father. Even if you didn't have it growing up, or even if things didn't go so well with your dad growing up, there's something in us that longs for the love of a father. And this morning, we're going to talk about our Heavenly Father's love for us. How he loves us. And I don't mean to get like sappy or emotional on you this morning, but City Light, this matters. When we know and enjoy the love of our Heavenly Father, it gives us this strength and security and safety that helps us to face whatever is going on in our lives. When we truly know the love of our Father, it gives us this identity as children of God that empowers us through the ups and the downs of life. So if you've got your Bibles, go back to 1 John chapter 3 that Derek just read or scroll in that app on your phone. 1 John chapter 3. It's towards the back of your Bible. It's just a short little letter that a guy named... John wrote. Makes sense, right? And I don't know if John ever daydreamed about being Liam Neeson, but I think what we're going to discover is John wrote some stuff in his letter here that tells us that Liam Neeson may have more to show us about God than we would originally expect. So we're just going to look at one verse this morning, so I'm going to read it to you, and I'm going to read it slow so we can take it in. 1 John 3 verse 1 says, See what kind of love the Father has given to us. That we should be called children of God, and so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. So John wants us to see this love of the Father, and there's three different things he's going to bring to our attention. I actually gave you notes this week. There's been a while since you filled in the blanks, but if you want to, you can. The first thing that John wants us to see about the love of the Father is that it is unique. The Father's love is unique not common. He says, see what kind of love the Father has given to us. John wants us to see a unique, special, one-of-a-kind sort of love. This is not the kind of love you can find on an app. It's not what you can find on Facebook or your freshman year in college, ring before spring. I know what's going on. It's May, and we're getting there. This love of God is way more rare In fact, the word kind in the original language it was written in literally means foreign, from a different planet, like of a different source. And I know sometimes foreign can sound scary or unknown, but God's foreign love is wonderful. So think of foreign foods. Man, when I was growing up, I literally, I just scarfed my food down. My grandma always gave me a hard time because she said, Doug, you eat like a horse and you never actually taste your food. I would eat bland food, boring food. I just wanted some calories so that I could keep on going. But then I married Whitney, and Whitney loves to cook. She loves foreign foods, like different flavors and spices and mixes. And I still remember the first time Whitney took me to a place called Ann's Thai kitchen. Get some Thai food. I mean, the place itself is different from anything I had ever been in. I didn't know what to order. I had never had Thai food, so I just kind of said, like, order whatever they recommended, and I still remember when they brought out my Penang curry, okay? I've been back a lot of times. They brought out the Penang curry, and it's sitting in front of me, and I remember taking my first bite, and I know this is going to sound like a cooking show, but it was like exquisite. It was incredible. It was a unique flavor, unique blend of spices, unlike anything I had ever had. It was different in the best of ways. It was foreign in the most fantastic of ways. God's love is different. It's foreign. Like you may be used to ramen noodles. God's love is more like penang curry. You may be used to a love that like flares up, but then it breaks up. God's love is different. You may be used to a love that makes some big promises, but never follows through on them. God's love is different. You may have even tasted a love that saved up some money and bought that diamond ring and made those vows, but then faded away after the wedding day. The good news is that God's love is different. Think about the different kind of loves that you have in your life. Right? Like the love of a friend. It's fun, it's refreshing, it's inspiring, but God's love is even better. Or the love of a boyfriend or girlfriend. It can be charming and intriguing, even intoxicating. But God's love is even better. The love of your spouse. It also, it can be intoxicating. It's faithful, secure through the ups and downs of life. But God's love is even better. The love of your grandparents. Everybody loves that, man. You get away with anything. Free peppermints, free candy, free babysitting. But God's love is even better. The love of your mom understanding, it's nurturing, it's tender, but God's love is even better. The love of your earthly dad, it can be strong, protective, and involved, but God's love is even better. John writes, see what kind of love the father has given to us. This love, this love from our heavenly father is unlike anything you have ever heard or seen or received. Earlier this week, I was thinking about this Love of the father, and it took me back to this memory growing up. One of my favorite memories as a child is every summer we would uh, load up and go to the local swimming pool on a pretty regular basis. And the best trips to the pool were when dad brought his swim trunks and he went swimming with you. And so my dad would do this thing. I mean, this is back when I was a kid. I was like shorter than Eric, you know? And so. If you know Eric, you know what I'm talking about. So my dad, he would get in the pool with us, and he'd put his fingers kind of out like this and keep them like maybe a foot away from me. And right at water level, and he would drop down and put his mouth at water level and make the sound of a boat. And he would just like step backwards. And so I'm splashing, swimming along, trying to get to my dad, just a big smile on my face, a big smile on his face. And every few seconds, dad would let me grab his fingers and he'd pick me up and he'd throw me up and we'd celebrate. And then we'd go back and do it all over again. And as I was thinking about this moment, these memories, I felt like my heavenly father said to me, Doug. In those moments, your dad loved you so well. And that, that was me in him loving you. As awesome as my dad was in those moments, my heavenly father was showing me his love through him. And it hit me, my heavenly father can take the best moments with my dad and make them even better. He can take the best moments and make them better. What good memories do you have with your dad? right? What good memories do you have? And know this, in those moments, your heavenly Father was showing you His love through your earthly dad. His love is even better. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't have all rosy, wonderful memories with my dad. He had faults and failures just like any man. There was one time um, I was a teenager. I was a nerd as a teenager, no surprise there, But for some reason, I just really wanted to hang out with my parents. Like there's a season in life and I was like, I wanted to play board games or go play putt-putt or read books, do what nerds do. And so I was like, I I, I told my dad, dad, I just really want to hang out. And instead of him saying, yeah, let's hang out. He actually got upset with me. He was mad with me. And he, I don't know if work was stressful or life was just going crazy at the time. And instead of us going to hang out, I got grounded and couldn't hang out with anybody. It was like, it just felt so wrong, so weird to want to hang out with your dad, but then you get in trouble for that desire. And this is where the love of God comes in. When my earthly dad fails me, my heavenly father never fails me. My heavenly father actually can take the mess ups and the mistakes of my earthly dad and he can redeem them. His love is different. His love is better. So even if your earthly dad forgot you, hurt you, neglected you, or left you, you can still know the love of a heavenly father and he will remember you and celebrate you and stay faithful to you and love what he's doing in you the father's love is unique it's not common see what kind of love the father has given to us so can i just invite you guys this morning would you believe that the love of god is different And I know that's not easy to do. Like, it's easy to believe that love is meant for country songs and sappy sitcoms, right? Love is found in romantic comedies or with Disney princesses. We all approach the love of God with different backgrounds and different experiences, different things that we think love is, love could be, or love should be. But would you believe that God's love is different? Don't push away from his love. Don't pull back from the way that he's loving you. I am seeing God love many of you. He's working in you. He's leading you. He's inviting you, even wooing and romancing you to his love. And I just want to say, don't put up the walls. Keep leaning into his love. Keep receiving what he's giving to you. I know past loves may have failed you, but God will be different. I know past loves may have promised big and delivered little, but God's love will be different. His love is unique. It is not common. John writes, and he wants us to see the love of the Father, that it's unique and not common. Then he continues, and he gives us something else that he wants us to see about the Father's love just in this one verse. And he says, the Father's love is given, not earned. The Father's love is given to us. It's not earned by us. See what kind of love the Father has given to us. Did you know you can't earn God's love? It is freely given to you. And this is actually, I think, hard for me. I think it's hard for many of us. There's something in us that is driven to earn the love of our Father. For example, go to any Little League park and watch what happens when a kid does something either really awesome or really bad. After that happens, what does he do? He looks to the sidelines or to the stands, and who's he looking for? His dad. He wants to see, does dad approve of that, or is dad disappointed in that? Or go to any dance recital, and the girls do a little spin or pirouette or whatever they're called up on stage. Then she looks out into the audience, and who is she looking for? Her dad. They want to know, did I make him proud? Does he um, approve of me? Did I earn more of his love or did I lose more of his love? And there's something in kids that are driven to earn their dad's love. And it's not just kids, it's also teenagers. Parents, believe it or not, even when he is yelling and rebelling against you, he's trying to earn your love. And even when she's actually calm and maybe the hormones have calmed down or something, she's trying to earn your love. Adults are the same way. I mean, grown men and grown women still work. For their dad's approval, the job they have, the way they work it, the way they love their spouse or their boyfriend or girlfriend, the car they drive, the house they have, the way they talk, the way they walk. There's something in even grown adults to still try to earn their dad's love, to make him proud, to make him love them more or love them less. And then all of a sudden, John shows up in First John 3 verse 1 and he says, you can't earn the love of your heavenly father. You can't earn it. When you see God's love for what it really is, it actually becomes impossible. How could he possibly love us? Consider this. You know you. Right? Like, you know deep down who you are. And you know that if you were that kid at the Little League field, you could never bat a thousand. You would pop out or line out or strike out, whatever it is. You know, if you were that girl on the stage dancing, you wouldn't nail every move. You would slip up or mess up or get off balance. Take it a step further. You don't just know you. You probably know enough about God to know that he is perfect. He never messes up. He does bat a thousand, never strikes out. And so you have an absolutely perfect father in heaven and all of us who are imperfect, sinning against him and rebelling against him. So the truth is, we can't earn his love. We will never be able to do enough to earn the love of our Heavenly Father. And if you've ever, like, your dad ever just, like, reminded you of your faults and failures and always pointed out your weaknesses, you know how miserable that can be. When you want to earn his love, but you can't earn his love, it's a horrible state to be in. But here's the good news that comes with Christianity... You can never earn the father's love, but you can still have the father's love. What was impossible has become possible for us. An absolutely perfect father absolutely loves and adores you, his absolutely imperfect child. How can that be? That's where Jesus shows up. This is where Jesus comes in. Jesus is the perfect son. Jesus succeeded in every part of life that we failed. Jesus batted a thousand. Jesus nailed every single move, and every time that Jesus looked to the stands or out to the audience, his father beamed back with approval. This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. The fullness of God was pleased to dwell in Jesus Christ. God the Father was thrilled with celebrating, absolutely loved Jesus with everything that he had. Jesus was a substitute perfect son, and then Jesus, this perfect son, after he performed perfectly, he was nailed to a cross for all the times that we messed up. He was nailed to a cross for all the times we slipped up, all the times that we walked away from God and wanted to do things our own way. Jesus was our substitute sacrifice. On that cross for us. Are you tracking with that? Jesus died for our poor batting average and our imperfect performance. Jesus died for our sin and our selfishness. And now, all of Jesus' perfect performance, because he's your substitute son and your substitute sacrifice, all of his perfect performance gets credited to you. All of Jesus' obedience becomes your obedience. All of his wise decisions are now credited to you and they become your wise decisions. All of his goodness, holiness, wise decisions, all that good stuff that Jesus ever did is now put on you and you have all that righteousness, holiness, goodness, and wise decisions. So when God the Father sees you, he doesn't see all those mess ups and mistakes. He sees all the goodness and holiness and righteousness of Jesus. Jesus is the perfect substitute son of God of God. Now, that's a whole lot of theology and words that you only hear in church or when you read the Bible. Okay, so let me boil it down this way. Whenever you, because of Jesus Christ, right, think Jesus, get him in your mind, because of Jesus, whenever you step up to that plate and you swing through and you hit a home run and you're circling the bases and you're coming back around to home plate and you look in the stands Your heavenly father is beaming with approval. He's celebrating you, adoring you, and he is loving you. But this same thing is true. Now get this, because of Jesus, what he did as our substitute, because of Jesus, if you step up up to that plate and you swing hard, you whiff, strike three, you're out, game over. You blew it again, you messed up again, and you just want to take your helmet and throw it in the dugout, but instead... You look up in the stands. Your heavenly Father is beaming with approval. He is celebrating you and adoring you and loving you. He isn't yelling, you'll never get it right, kid. He doesn't look away from, um, with shame. He doesn't point the finger at you. Instead, he stands up, he claps, and he says, that's my son. That's my daughter. That's my child, and I love you. The love of your heavenly Father is given, not earned. Or to be more accurate, the Father's love is given to you because it was earned by Jesus. The Father's love is given to us because it was earned by Jesus. You can rest in his love. You can be inspired by his love because you know that you don't have to earn his love. Amen, church? Amen. Amen. John wants us to see God's love, and he's told us that God's love is unique. It's not common. It's given. It's not earned. And there's one last thing he wants us to see. I would phrase it this way. The Father's love accepts you and changes you. The Father's love receives you just as you are, loving you completely, but He also invites you to change and become more like Him. So let me show this to you in our text. Go back and read verse 1 with me. We're going to read the part we've already talked about. It says, See what kind of love the Father has given to us. That we should be called children of God, and so we are. We are God's children. We belong to the Heavenly Father. That's our identity, right? We've talked about that in the first two points. But then John keeps writing. What comes next? He says, The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Okay, what does that mean? How does John go from talking about love to all of a sudden talking about being different from the world. Here's what it meant 2,000 years ago. Flashback in history with me. 2,000 years ago, the original people who heard this letter and read this letter, there were people coming to Jesus from all different walks of life, rich, poor, Roman, Jewish. And when these people came to Jesus and gave their lives to Jesus, things started changing in their lives to where eventually people were going, who are you? What has happened to you? Like the rich, whenever they came to Jesus, all of a sudden money began to mean something different to them. They wanted to give money away, increase their generosity. They would build relationships with the poor, hang out around them, and this amazing community would form that included the rich and the poor. And whenever the poor would come to faith in Jesus Christ, all of a sudden they had this new find, uh, newfound identity and worth and value, and they could build relationships with people, receive generosity from people. And again, this amazing community was formed with both the rich and the poor. Romans would come to Jesus, and all of a sudden they would be kind and merciful and gentle. Jewish people would come to Jesus, and they would have this newfound boldness and courage to push through in life. And so the world around them, their friends and family, and neighbors and coworkers, would just go, What happened to you? You are so different. It's like I don't even know you anymore. The world did not know them. And so John's writing to them and he's going, hey, guys, that's okay. The reason why the world doesn't know you is because the world doesn't know that father who loved you with his one-of-a-kind special love that is changing you step by step. The reason they don't know you is because they don't know him. And the, the people in that day, they needed to hear that. And so we also need to hear that. Here's what it means for us today. Your heavenly father loves you just like you are. Rich or poor, strong or weak, Roman or Jewish. Whether you are from Council Bluffs or Red Oak or Underwood or Omaha. Whether you grew up in the church or you haven't been to church in years. Whether you actually like God or not, he loves you just the way that you are. But when you receive his love, when you say yes to his heavenly um, fatherly love, you will be changed. Money is going to begin to mean something different to you. Relationships are going to take on new meaning to you. Your hometown and your future ambitions all are going to take on different meanings in your life when you see and receive the heavenly father love that God has for you. He loves you right where you are, but he refuses to leave you there. He loves you right where you are, but refuses to leave you there. And at the end of the day, isn't that what we all want? Isn't that what we all wish for? We want the love of a father who's involved in our lives, celebrates us already. Yet also, we want a love that challenges us and changes us, transforms us to where we can love others better, love our friends better, love our spouses better, love our coworkers better, and love our neighbors as ourselves. We all want to be loved, but we also want to be changed. And that is what the love of our Heavenly Father gives us. So really, there's only one way to respond to this love. Only one way that God asks us to respond. Because of Jesus, you don't have to get your life cleaned up before he's going to start loving you. Because of Jesus, you don't have to say the right words or do the right things before he will start loving you. Because of Jesus, you don't even have to earn this love or deserve this love or keep this love. Because of Jesus, all you have to do, and this may be difficult All you have to do is receive your father's love. So honestly, that's my invitation to us this morning. Will you receive your father's love? It's a unique love, a gifted love, and a transforming love. And I feel like I could go on all morning trying to describe this love, but it's like a painter trying to describe his painting. And what really needs to happen is we just need to see it. Right, Not get the written description or the spoken description. We just need to see this love. And I think for us to do that, we need to pray and ask him to show us his love. So would you join me in prayer? You can close up your Bible, bow your heads, close your eyes. We're not done. we still got time. No need to rush. But would you pray with me? And wherever you are in life, man, would you just pray and ask the Father to show you his love? Would you ask him to speak his love over you? All week long as I was preparing this message, I kept coming back. Man, I think there's some of us where like we've been Christians for a while and we look back and we see those early days of following Jesus and we're like, there's just this awesome love relationship. We loved the Father and he loved us and Over the years, it just kind of became this do-the-right-thing-and-make-the-right-decision lifestyle. And I just feel like the Father wants to invite you back to that love relationship. Where you love Him. And He loves you perfectly. So if that's you, man, would you just receive that love? Just tell Him that you want that and you need that. Maybe there's some of you, you need to just start that love relationship with the Father and say, man, I need to be loved by you. I know I've messed up. I didn't bat a thousand. I'm a sinner, but I also know that Jesus died for those sins. So I want to live with you and for you.